Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Gotta make hay while the sun shines. What's this? This is Hello, Sunshine. What if by sharing our stories, we could change the world? Welcome to Hello, Sunshine. Hello, friends. Sophia Bush here, and this is, and especially you, stories for all of us. This final episode of the season, I can't believe I'm saying that final episode. What happened? How did this happen? This final episode of the season is about finding the answers. Finally. And it's with my favorite, favorite, favorite writer and advice giver, Cheryl Strayed. Cheryl is perhaps best known for her memoir, Wild, which is amazing. But I first read her writing in Tiny Beautiful Things, which is my personal holy text. I reread it at least once a year and I've given it to so many friends. For me, Cheryl's writing is about survival and courage and beauty and how to look inward for answers. She has a way of speaking to us and for us all at once. She constantly leaves me floored. So I am incredibly happy to be able to share her talk with you now. So whenever I'm in this moment where I'm about to talk to a whole bunch of people who are quietly gazing at me, I think of a piece of advice, and you might know I like advice. I'm into advice. Uh, Some advice that Reese Witherspoon gave me. Uh, We were on the set of Wild. I was really involved with the movie. I went on set almost every day and it was mostly shot in Oregon. I live in Portland, Oregon. You know, every time that I was there, the director and Reese and, you know, everyone would say, hey, Cheryl, we have to do a cameo. There was always the idea that I had to be, you know, make at least a brief appearance in this film, that it was, you know, the story of at least part of my life. And every time they suggested it, I would say, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I'll do it next week. And it was always the plan was that I was going to lose eight pounds by next week. Um, So that never came to pass. Finally, the final day of the shoot, it was the one day we shot in California. And we were actually in the town of Mojave where I began my hike, where I checked into a motel the night before my hike on the Pacific Crest Trail. And the next day began walking the trail. So it was this really kind of emotionally powerful day. It was not only the end of the journey of the film, but really I had made this return to this place where so much for me had begun. And we came up with the idea that I would be the the woman in the truck who drove Reese, playing me, uh, to this motel. And my job was to drive like a half a block and stop the pickup truck and look at her as she got out of the car and she would turn back to me and I would say, good luck. And as we were sitting there waiting for the director, Jean-Marc Vallée, to say, rolling, I realized that I was just becoming extremely terrified because what I realized is I didn't know how to say good luck. Because this is why I'm so not an actor. There are so many ways to say good luck. And I was flooded with all of the possibilities. Do I say it sincerely? Do I say it skeptically? Do I say it with cheer? Do I say it with indifference? And I'm sitting there next to one of the greatest actresses of our time, And I knew her by then to be this incredibly nurturing, supportive person. All of the actors who came through um, and worked with Reese, uh, you know, performed with her during the production said how supportive and nurturing and kind she was, how comfortable she made them feel. So I looked at her and I said, Reese, 
you know, I'm absolutely terrified and I don't know how to say good luck and my heart is racing and what advice, what, what should I do? What advice do you have for me? And she looked at me and she said, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> Which, you know, I think wouldn't life be grand? <laughs> wouldn't life be grand if we all did that? Um, I think that it's, it really is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received. And I think of it uh, many times, especially now that I've done so much to fuck it up, you know? Um, as you know, as some of you might know, I have worked now as Dear Sugar, giving advice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Giving advice in the column and in my book, Tiny Beautiful Things, and on the podcast. And it's been now almost nine years. And I, what that means is I've been on the other side of hundreds of thousands of letters from people who live all over the world. And it's been a great study for me in, in what it means to be human. What are our secrets? What are our struggles? What are our deepest sorrows? And what I can tell you is there are only about six of them. We all suffer originally. We all obviously have our own original stories. But I could take each of those letters and just put them in about six piles. I also have observed that for so many of our problems, there are just a couple of really foundational pieces of advice that I found myself offering over and over again. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. Essentially, the foundational values that I've drawn upon in my own life to make change, to evolve, to expand my life, but in counseling so many others. And they are trust your clarity, cultivate your courage, and harness your power. Clarity is such a big one. And, and really, it was one that surprised me when I began writing the column. Those of you who've read Tiny Beautiful Things know that one of the things I repeat over and over again when I answer people's letters is I say, I think you should do this, not because I want you to, or I think you should, but because you told me that that's what you want. You told me that's what you know is right. You told me that's what you know is the truest thing. And over and over again, what I found is I was, my job was essentially the illuminator, the, the person who was, was not shining the flashlight on myself and saying, look how wise I am, I'm going to tell you this truth, but shining that flashlight on the person who wrote to me to say, these are the words you use to tell me what you want, what you most deeply desire. And so what was happening with people is that they, they knew their truth, they knew what the right thing was, but they were afraid to trust it. They were afraid to trust the clarity that they did have, the clarity that was almost always at the core of the letters they wrote to me. And what I did when I was you know, realizing this was happening over and over again, I thought about, well, why is this? And of course, this has happened in my own life as well. All of the times that I didn't listen to that inner clarity, that truest clarity, that deepest inner voice, I've gone down the wrong path. And every time I have listened to it, I've, I've gone down the right path, even if it was a hard one, and even if it was a scary one. You know, there are obviously real reasons for us to be afraid to trust our clarity, to listen to that inner voice. A lot of it is all of the stories we're told by the culture, by our families, by the religions that we grew up in, uh, by the expectations that are placed on us, and the roles that we are, are meant to perform and decide that aren't true to us. Sometimes it's also just our own doubts and, and fears practical things. You know, anyone who's ever decided to become an artist has that other voice that says, how are you going to support yourself? How are you going to justify this? 
And so what I have over and over again said, you have to learn how to take those voices, to set those voices aside and find that little flower of truth that grows within each of us. I think in so many ways that when you do trust that inner truth, what you're doing is you're passing through a doorway that leads to the passageway to your fullest becoming. And I think that that's something that happens over and over again. You, you step through one doorway and it leads to the next one that opens to the next thing. And I think too that that kind of journey, if you decide to take it, if you decide to trust your clarity, it has not only impact on your own life, but in the lives of the people who, who are around you. I'm here in front of you today because my mom trusted her clarity. By the time my mom was 27, she had three kids under the age of eight. She'd been married to my father for nearly a decade. My father was violently abusive to her. He was sexually abusive to her, emotionally abusive to her. My earliest memories are of my father beating my mom, of fleeing in the night from my father, my mother scooping me and my brother and sister up in the night and, and in terror. There was no place to go. And for so long, the story that my mother held on to wasn't that inner clarity she had, which was, I don't deserve this, nobody does. But the narrative that was given to her by the culture that said to her, it's your fault he's beating you. You're not being a good wife. If you want him to, to treat you right, you have to do what he wants. You have to make him what he wants for dinner. You have to try harder because divorce is bad for kids, right? She held on to all of those stories for about nine years until finally she just couldn't do it anymore. And, and finally that inner clarity, she decided to keep her faith with that. And she did. And she walked away from my dad. She never went back. And that changed my life. When I say I don't think that I would be here, but for that decision, I mean that actually. I am known for walking on the Pacific Crest Trail into my strength, but I am always mindful that really for me that journey of walking toward my own clarity began with my mother's ability to do that for herself. And of course, that's hard, which brings us you know, to that next value which is about courage, which is about cultivating our bravest self. And here again, I think, you know, I think clarity in some ways, we misunderstand it because we think that it will come to us without any doubts or fears or other questions. Courage is the same way. We, there aren't two categories of people, those who are brave and those who aren't. Courage is this never-ending conversation inside the self. What are you going to decide to be? Are you going to decide to let fear rule your life? Or are you going to decide to let courage rule it? And I think so often for me, you know, when I was writing about that, that decision to go hike alone on the Pacific Crest Trail, one of the things I wrote in Wild is fear is a story we tell ourselves. It's also a story that women have been told throughout time. Don't go alone, you are prey. If you are harmed and you went alone, you're to blame for it. And that decision for me to hike the trail was all about saying, I reject that story because I don't want it to be my ruler. I want to hike alone. And I knew that I had to convince myself to be brave every step of the way. So when I wrote about that I had this mantra, I am not afraid, I am not afraid, I am not afraid, which I said to myself over and over and over again throughout my hike, I always said it when I was afraid. 
I didn't say it because I was a brave person. I didn't hike alone because I was a brave person. I hiked alone because I was afraid and I wanted to do something and I didn't want fear to be my ruler. When I say cultivate courage, that's the kind of advice I'm giving over and over again, is reminding people, it's not what you feel, it's what you aspire to be. And what kind of conversation you're willing to have inside yourself to make that aspiration become who you are, become possible. So, you know, I think that when you trust your clarity, which leads to cultivating your courage, and there's that symbiotic kind of loop, what you're stepping into is your power. By power, of course, I don't mean that old kind of dominance, I get it all and you don't have it version of power. I mean your sense that you are capable of returning from whatever, whatever hole you found yourself in. You're capable of drawing upon your own experience and wisdom. You're capable of healing every wound, and in fact, turning those wounds into strength. One of my favorite journeys that I think really in so many ways lays out this journey I described from clarity to courage to power is The Wizard of Oz. And I love that so many of us have seen that story. It's, it's also an amazing book. If you haven't read the book, um, it's wonderful and, and scarier and darker than the movie. And, you know, I wasn't meaning in Wild to write a kind of version of like Dorothy's journey, but like Wild is like the Wizard of Oz with like shittier shoes, basically. <laughs> but what was so moving to me about, about Dorothy is, you know, she is driven by clarity. She wants nothing but to go home. And she has to test and cultivate and prove herself to be courageous over and over again. But she gets to this point where she realizes that she has failed, that she can't get there, that, that even though she knows where she wants to go, it's unattainable. And she's in complete despair. And Glenda the Good Witch appears to her then, her sort of spirit guide throughout the journey, and says to her, you know, oh, what's wrong? And Dorothy's like, it's just, I'll never, I'll never get there. And Glenda says, you know, all you have to do actually is just click your shoes together and say there's no place like home. And Dorothy says, well, why the, you know, why the hell didn't you tell me that before? Um, and what Glenda says, and this is the piece that always gets me, is like, is that you had to go on the journey to know that you always had the power, but you wouldn't have believed me if I'd told you. You wouldn't have believed me. You had to learn yourself. And the way you teach yourself is by trusting that clarity, you know, cultivating that courage. And I really think it's notable, too. I just want to point out that it was really this moment where Dorothy finally got herself home, rose out of that moment of deepest despair. I, I think that here again, another kind of redefinition of what things are, in my mind, when I think of the people who are most powerful, I think of the people who were at that bottom moment and chose to rise up. That moment that the drug addict decided that this was the last time and they were going to change. And it looks to us like the weakest moment, right? It is the strongest moment. It is the moment of true harnessing of inner power. When I was on the set with Reese, we talked a lot about who I was you know, on that hike and then those years before that led me to it. And, you know, so much of the narrative, I think the surface idea of Wild, especially with the film, um, the way it can be advertised sometimes is Cheryl Strayed, this person who was like broken and messed up and lost and shattered and all of this stuff. And that's not really actually the true story, even though it was a piece of the truth. 
I said to Reese every day, always remember that in my bottom moment, in my moment when I thought I was the biggest piece of shit, what I decided to do is go walk 1,100 miles in the wilderness by myself. And that is not a story about somebody who's broken. And I think that that's always what I want to say, what I've always tried to say to people who wrote to me from their brokenness. When I wrote back to them, I always wanted to say, I see your power. You had it all along. Trust it, cultivate it, harness it. Good luck. I just took the deepest breath. I love that. Your power. You had it all along. We have it in ourselves. We have to cultivate it. And it takes work. But we can do that. I'm working really hard on this myself. For me, the the hardest part is trusting my clarity. Imposter syndrome can hit me hard. I, I have so many doubts and so many fears, and I constantly worry that I'm not enough or that I'm not doing enough. I don't think that goes away. But if we cultivate the not enoughness instead of the power, which one's going to grow? I've been really trying to trust my, my inner clarity, my inner strength more, and it changes everything. I actually just finished working on a project that I'm really proud of. Uh, I was a producer, and this was my first project where I got to produce start to finish. I prioritized making it a safe and positive work environment, making sure that everyone on our set, cast, crew, producers, everybody in between felt supported. I woke up every day excited to go to work and, you know, we were cranking along and the hours were serious and and the subject matter is intense, but we were having fun and there was so much laughter and enjoyment and people getting to know each other. And after having been in some environments that sure have had joy, but that have also been really full of a lot of um, complexity, shall we say, this was healing. And after we wrapped, I got home and I was telling my best friend about the whole experience. And I actually started to cry. Um, Happening again, still very alive. Uh, Guys, I sat there thinking, wow, what a gift to be so moved by a community built on support and kindness and effort and dedication that you cry happy tears. And I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't chosen to cultivate listening to myself, if I hadn't chosen to stand up for what I'm worth and do it with gratitude, I, I would have missed it. I would have missed my power and I would have sat in the not enoughness. So from personal experience, I'm just here to share with you that I am all in for listening to myself and doing my best to cancel out the doubts and the noise from the outside world from here on out. And if I can do it, so can you. And I really, really hope that from here on out, we can do it together. And that's it for us. I can't believe it. 
I'm so glad that you've come along with me and all of these exceptional women on this journey, hearing the collected wisdom and real experiences of these incredible humans. Please keep in touch. Visit us on all the socials, at Hello Sunshine, at Together Live Events, and mine, at Sophia Bush. If you enjoyed or were moved by the stories you heard here, please make sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. That'll help new people find our show and hear these stories. On this episode of And Especially You, you heard from Cheryl Strayed and me. I'm Sophia Bush, and I'll keep asking all of the questions and seeking all of the answers. That I promise you. Thanks for listening. And Especially You is a production of Hello Sunshine by Together Live. Our podcast producer is Sarah Pellegrini.